welcome to Backlog Books. My name is Kara. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I have been reading lately. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for spoilers. I turned 29 last week. That marks the second birthday I have celebrated in a pandemic. Though I can see an end approaching, Sometimes I feel like Frodo in The Lord of the Rings, wishing it was not my fate to live in interesting times. But, as Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. Let's get started on our book this week. This time we are talking about the Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. The Hobbit was published in 1937. My copy has 305 pages, and I read it in March of 2021. Our author, John Ronald Ruel Tolkien, was born in 1892. He was a professor, a linguist, and an author, among other things. He died in 1973. He is best known for writing The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings trilogy. They are some of the first well-known high fantasy books. Nowadays, you almost can't write fantasy without being compared to Tolkien in some way. Here is the summary of The Hobbit. Bilbo Baggins was a hobbit who wanted to be left alone in quiet comfort. But the wizard Gandalf came along with a band of homeless dwarves, Soon, Bilbo was drawn into their quest, facing evil orcs, savage wolves, giant spiders, and worse unknown dangers. Finally, it was Bilbo, alone and unaided, who had to confront the great dragon Smog, the terror of an entire countryside. I was obsessed with the Lord of the Rings movies when they were coming out in the early 2000s. Every journal I kept in those days included a countdown to the release of the next movie. A good number of my journal entries I actually can't read anymore because I wrote them in dwarvish runes. I don't remember why, but it seemed very important that I do that at the time. Now, I know the Lord of the Rings movies are far cry from the books or their prequel, but I tell you this so you know that I have some bias going into this. I have loved these books for a long time. The Hobbit started life as a standalone children's book. It was so popular that Tolkien's publishers asked him to write a sequel. So the text of The Hobbit was revised to fit the story Tolkien wanted to write next, the trilogy that became known as The Lord of the Rings. The tone of the writing in The Hobbit is still very distinct from the trilogy that follows it, even with the rewrites. The Hobbit, after all, started as a children's book, and it still is, maintaining an almost fairy tale or fable-like style. There is an omniscient narrator who knows the whole story from start to finish already, dropping in clues about what will come next, much like someone telling you a story around a campfire. The narrator also offers judgment on characters' decisions and extends understanding. If a character does something foolish, the narrator might say, 
Well, of course, you can see that this was a silly thing to do, but you might do the same were you in his place. It's nice to have a reassuring narrator in the midst of some of the unknown dangers Bilbo goes through. The book begins in a hole in the ground, wherein lived a hobbit. Hobbits are small folk who value good food and comfort above all else. Listen, you may think you'd want to be an elf or a dwarf in fantasy land, but hobbits really have it all figured out. Extensive birthday parties, seven meals a day, pottering around a garden gossiping with your neighbors. They basically live the ideal cottagecore life. The particular hobbit we are following is named Bilbo Baggins, and he is not looking for an adventure, thank you very much. He is quite content in his hobbit hole with his garden and his substantial pantry. But, of course, a wizard has to show up and ruin everything. Gandalf the wizard stops by for a chat and decides that Bilbo needs to get up and go out into the world. I think Gandalf sees something in Bilbo that Bilbo himself is unaware of. A secret desire for adventure. Gandalf returns with thirteen dwarves and invites them into Bilbo's house. Bless his heart, Bilbo feeds them and hosts him, completely confused as to why they are in his home. Soon, however, the truth comes out. The dwarves are on a quest to reclaim their mountain home and treasure from a dragon, and they need the help of a burglar. All eyes turn to Bilbo, who is quite surprised to find himself cast as a burglar in this narrative, since he has, to this point, never stolen anything in his life. The dwarves are not impressed. This is the burglar Gandalf recommends. Bilbo is so offended by their attitude toward him that he agrees to go along. After all, these dwarves have been extremely rude, and he's gonna show them. Have you ever agreed to something that seemed like a good idea at the time, but the next day you're beating your head against the wall, wondering what you were thinking? That's exactly Bilbo's experience as he's rushing out the door with almost no supplies to join a rowdy group of dwarves on a very long and dangerous adventure. The adventure begins, and Bilbo heads out, along with the thirteen dwarves, Dwalin, Balin, Dori, Nori, Ori, Owen, Glowen, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, Feely, Keely, and their leader, Thorin Oakenshield. They have a long journey ahead of them, and it is fraught with danger. Bilbo is so out of his depth, over and over he thinks longingly of his cozy armchair at home. And who wouldn't, when trolls are discussing how best to cook you for dinner? For about the first half of the book, Bilbo has to be carried, sometimes literally. He's very small and has trouble keeping up sometimes. They fall into danger, trolls, goblins, losing all their supplies several times. Luckily for Bilbo and the dwarves, Gandalf the wizard is along for the ride and he pulls them out of several very difficult situations, including arriving in the nick of time to save them from being eaten by trolls. 
Along the way, Bilbo gradually finds ways to use his talents out in the wild. He's no great warrior, but he's a storyteller, a riddler. He can move silently and has excellent aim. Just because his skills are not warlike doesn't mean they don't exist or are worthless. While running away from goblins, lost in the depths of a mountain, Bilbo encounters a strange creature known as Gollum. Using his decidedly unwarlike skills, he wins a magic ring from Gollum in a contest of riddles. This magic ring turns him invisible, which is quite the find for a budding burglar. Later, Bilbo gets to use his excellent aim to throw flaming pine cones at wolves chasing them. He's kind of getting the hang of this adventuring business. Then Gandalf, their wizard ex machina, who has pulled them through most dangers, has to leave them. He's got wizard stuff to do and no time for quests to reclaim gold. Bilbo and the dwarves are left at the edge of a dark forest with no choice but to go on without their wizard. The forest is dark and seems never ending. But it is all that stands between them and the mountain and the dragon. They run out of food before they reach the other side of the forest and do what they were warned not to. They leave the path, chasing lights through the trees, hoping to find food. Instead, they are caught by giant spiders, all of them except for Bilbo. Lost and alone in a dark forest with only a little sword and a magic ring, Bilbo wishes again, very strongly, that he was back at home. But he has learned a thing or two on this adventure, and he refuses to leave the dwarves to be eaten by spiders. Now Bilbo shines, taking over Gandalf's role as a rescuer and saving the dwarves from horrible spider death with songs and his magic ring. As he leads the dwarves away from the spiders, however, they're caught in another trap, this one even worse than the last. Instead of giant spiders, it's the elves of the forest. The elves take the dwarves prisoner and Bilbo has to sneak after them invisible. Out of the spider's web and into the elf king's prison. Bilbo is starting to understand why Gandalf was so annoyed at having to rescue the dwarves over and over. Once again, it is up to Bilbo to get the dwarves out of a situation. He is free to wander the elves' fortress, made invisible by his ring, while the dwarves are locked up. He doesn't have magic like Gandalf, or martial skills like the dwarves, but he's sneaky and thoughtful. Eventually, he finds a way to get them out in barrels floated down the river. He has to convince the dwarves to actually get in the barrels. Not that I blame them, a ride down a river trapped in a barrel does not sound appealing. But lacking literally any other option, they pile in and roll out. It has taken them months of travel through many dangers, but they finally reach the lonely mountain and the biggest danger of them all, the dragon Smog, who sits on his treasure hoard inside the mountain. It's time for Bilbo to do what he was actually hired for, burgle. 
Bilbo sneaks in through a secret door, magic ring on, and sees the mighty dragon curled on his mighty hoard, and wonders what the dwarves were thinking. Smog the dragon is enormous and terrifying, but besides that, the hoard is endless. How exactly will a burglar be useful unless he has 200 years to carefully sneak each item out? Bilbo has never faced a dragon. Very few people have. Faced with this horde and this massive, now-waking dragon, he decides to try out the skills he's so proud of now, his sneaking and riddling. But facing down a dragon is not like scaring off spiders or sneaking around elves. Dragons love riddles and puzzles, and though Bilbo feels very clever, Smog figures out enough of Bilbo's riddles and clues to fly out of the mountain, destroy the dwarves' secret entrance, and then fly off to attack the nearby town of humans who helped the dwarves to reach the mountain. Here, at the end of the book, a lot of extremely important and dangerous things happen. Smog is killed, but not by any of the dwarves, and certainly not by Bilbo. After the dragon's death, armies gather, armies of men and dwarves and elves. All of them are drawn by the thought of an unguarded dragon's horde. Bilbo, our hero, does everything he can to prevent battle. While everyone is arguing, trying to claim treasure for themselves, Bilbo offers to give away his portion. What would he do with a dragon's hoard? All he needs or wants is to be back in his armchair at home. There is a battle, despite Bilbo's best efforts. The greed of the dwarves, men, and elves leads them into a fight. It seems that these mostly good people will destroy themselves and each other over gold. But before the battle can really begin, an army of orcs and goblins joins the fray, also drawn by the promise of gold. Finally, the armies of men, elves, and dwarves can band together against an outside enemy rather than fighting one another. But where is our hobbit in the midst of this battle? Bilbo is not a warrior. He's a sneaker and a riddler. Bilbo is knocked out and spends most of the battle unconscious. He learns what happened after the battle is over. In the end, the armies of dwarves, elves, and men prevail. Everyone gets more sensible about the dragon horde, and Bilbo gets to go home, more sure of himself and his talents. Though he has been through many adventures, in his heart he is still the same hobbit who values the comforts and peace of home over any amount of gold. My final word on The Hobbit is, it's a fun book to read, with a series of mishaps and adventures and a strong sense of what's really important at the end of the day. A lot of fantasy books written after The Lord of the Rings took inspiration from Tolkien's writing. What's interesting to me is how few of those books include a hobbit-like race or group of people. The focus would be on elves and men, war and great deeds, epic battles between good and evil. 
And that is a part of Tolkien's writing, to be sure. But at the heart of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings are the hobbits, a peaceful, quiet folk who value food and good cheer above gold and glory. The hobbits are Tolkien's heroes, the ones who go through great danger but are not warlike at all. What was important in Tolkien's writing was that at the end, you could go home and live in peace. If you want more media like this, try The Redwall Books by Brian Jakes. And that's a wrap. Join me next time to hear about The Lightning Thief by Rick Reardon. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I'd love it if you could take a minute to rate or review it and let me know how I'm doing. You can find the pod on Facebook at Backlog Books Podcast. Comments, questions, is there a book you would like me to read and talk about? You can email me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. The music is by Joseph McDade. You can hear more of his work at josephmcdade.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope to talk with you again soon.